Well, hello there. Welcome to another edition of Bantering the Blue Shirts. Directly inside of your ear and listening to Mike type furiously on his mechanical keyboard. My name is Joe Fortunato. Well, Joe, someone's got to put up the game thread for goodness graciousness. The, the game thread I was up, the Michael. Game thread. There was them. On Facebook, Joseph. Oh, my God. Here we go. Michael, um, well, I'll, I'll get to this in a minute. Um, sorry for this is the second week in a row, actually. We've gone live directly to the air. Uh, Blog Talk Radio does not like weird times to start the show. Uh, we apologize for beginning the show today. Mike doesn't I like know it the either. Play today, but this was the only day that Beth, Mike, and I could all do this week. So we're going to do, rel- do a relatively short, <laughs> not necessarily a short show, but we'll do a show probably till about 8.30. This way you're only missing the first period. You're not missing the rest of the game. Uh, or you can listen to us on archive, which most of you do. So you don't care about this at all. But this was the only way to do it this week. So I am Joe. I'm joined as always by Mike and Beth. Mike uh, was eating tacos a few minutes ago. Mike, how do you eat your tacos? I did something crazy today, which was I did the hard shell all crushed up inside of the soft shell. But uh, it's just, I just do taco crazy. meat, the the sauce, cheese, and lettuce. I don't do taco tomato. Sauce. I don't know why. I don't do tomato either, but yeah. you enjoy some taco sauce on that, some queso, some melted cheese. Sour cream, avocado? Yeah, it's, it's, no, it's, so I'm very, I, I like a, like, like high school cafeteria taco. Oh, right. yeah. So just, just cheese, meat, meat and sauce. Yeah. It's meat. Aren't we doing I'm not even watching the game, to be completely honest with you. The, my TV doesn't work. Did Buchnevich pass the puck to him? Did Buchnevich pass the puck to him? did do it again. Excellent. I will now tweet out about Buchnevich, even though I did not see the play. Anyway, Michael, the reason I'm asking you that question is because you've admitted to liking sauce, which is a wet food, so checkmate again. Second week in a row that I have checkmated you. Uh, yeah, checkmate. I, I have a big checkmate. problem with this, Joe. Um, sauce is not a food. It's condiment. Like, I'm but talking meal. Right, what about queso? Do you like queso? No, I don't. Delicious melted cheese? You that know again you would not be a meal. Checkmate. That would not be a meal unto itself. It, it, damn, it is friggin' checkmate. That's what it is. Um, all right, so the Rangers are winning one nothing. Woohoo! Uh, up until <laughs> the Flyers game, the Rangers had not won a regulation game Woo-hoo. until uh, since twelve nineteen. So that was a really long time. Mike and, and I very briefly. The earth. It's true. Dinosaurs roamed the earth back then as well. Um, Mike and I discussed briefly. Uh, Ryan McDonough trade outcomes, I guess, or possibilities. Since that podcast, a couple of national reporters, basically Bob McKenzie, Uncle Bob, and Elliot Friedman, have alluded to the fact that the Rangers are going to be some form of sellers this year, um, which would be the smart thing to do. But, Mike, do do you think that say the Rangers win today, obviously it's a, a long way to go, but do you think there's a winning streak that could turn Gordon back to the, oh, we're playoff contenders, Stanley Cup contenders, we have to 
we have to be buyers at the deadline. It's funny because there, there was something in my head that I knew I wanted to talk to you about. Um, like I was going to ask you and Beth, like what sort of a run does this team have to go on to, to kind of change the organization's mind? And I, I think it's particularly interesting because, you know, it's Buffalo today and they're a terrible team. Um, and then it's Colorado and then it's the Kings, the Ducks, the Sharks on the road. And none of those games are easy. And then you have, after that, it's Toronto, Nashville, Dallas, Boston, Calgary. And I forget exactly when the trade deadline is, but Calgary, the last game I listed there is February 9th. So there's not easy games here. I mean, Colorado against all odds is good this season. So outside of today's game, or I should say tonight's game, it's really tough. And the Rangers are right now, you know, with that with that kind of beatdown of the Flyers, which was very satisfying to watch. They're still in the wild card spot. They're tied with Pittsburgh at 51 points, and they have two games in hand. But the Islanders are at 50 points. Phillies at 48. Carolina's at 48. Um, it's really tight, and I'm not convinced that. A, a streak of wins here is likely. And I'm also not convinced that, you know, Gorton will look, look at like a, a, let's say they go 500 on this, this four game road trip here, which is not, which is pretty, I think a reasonable guess with, with the games they have. So if they go 500, uh, you know, that, that means they're up to, you know, 55 points and that puts them, and I think a pretty clear spot where I think you have to think about being sellers. And I, th- and I'm talking so much about the schedule because it is important. And because early in the season, as we all know, the Rangers played just a preposterous amount of home games. I mean, right now it's 27 home games in the book and 18 games in the road is what they've had before tonight's uh-huh. game. So they they have a lot of games on the road and that's not easy. And on the road this season they're seven, nine and two. So it it'll be interesting to see what happens. Do you think, Beth, that if the Rangers win a bunch of these games, then Gorton will be like, you know what? Screw it. We're not trading anyone. That kinda seems to be the mentality. I don't I mean no way to be sure. And I mean, I can just see it Mike, to go back. I don't want it to happen, but I can see it happen. Yeah. To go back to what you were saying about how these weren't easy games coming up. I mean, with the Rangers, there are no easy games also, because it just depends on whatever mood swing they're on at the moment. They can beat anybody and they can lose to anybody. Um, it's almost as if sometimes it, it almost doesn't matter who the other team is. Um if they win the first two, I think they're more likely to keep winning. I mean, it's, I'm being a little facetious. Of course it matters a little bit, but I mean, especially is Hayes, is Hayes, Hayes is back, right? I don't think he is tonight. tonight? I could be wrong though. Um, I don't think so. We are ill prepared okay. to live I, podcast the game. Ill prepared. Uh, I also don't even have to game on. <laughs> no, no Hayes tonight. Clear. 
No um, haze tonight. Holland okay. is in again. No haze. Holland so I, I think actually, Beth, you touched on the in, I don't know what the right word is. Maybe the mystery box that is the <sighs> East right now. Mystery box. You have Tampa, who is the clear and away favorite. Um, Washington and Boston are kind of right behind them. The Rangers are going to be in a playoff spot, probably regardless. Um, but that's not really the point. The point isn't to make the playoffs. The point is whether or not you can win in the playoffs. Elliot Friedman talked a lot about being, and I, I believe he called it the dreaded middle, which is a place that the Rangers have lived post-lockout for most of their lives. Um, first or second round playoff losses are just missing the playoffs. Don't get you high draft picks. The Rangers have complicated that further by trading their draft picks for a lot of years. And you can't live there continuously and expect to contend because you don't have the high enough draft picks to pick high end talent. You're not getting that infusion of youth into the lineup. And the Rangers were kind of savvy about it, getting guys like Kevin Hayes and Pavel Buchnevich in the late rounds and, uh, Jimmy VC, but there's not enough of that. Kevin to... Hayes. Yeah, Kevin Hayes. We signed him. We didn't draft. Yeah, that's him. what I'm saying. The Rangers got around not having picks by oh. getting guys like Kevin oh. Hayes and then using later round picks on guys I'm like Buchnevich. Sorry, I might not have said that first part. I um, thought this was more of your bullshit with the wet food, and I, you know. No, and and that's not bullshit. Check me now. And Jimmy VC. Wait, what is the, the wet food is issue? So last week, right, Mike Beth. was complaining now, about shawarma, as usual, and I, he explained that he did not like food that is wet and sweaty, and I explained to him that there are many foods that are wet that are delicious, and what truly destroyed Mike was macaroni and cheese, but I eviscerated him no, on many other you, points. You have this so wrong. The only real exception is soup. Oh, soup was and the other one, yes. stew. No, well, stew and God damn it, Joe, no one wants sopping wet macaroni and cheese. They, they want gooey macaroni and cheese, oh. which is glistening. Does it not glisten? I think it's It glistens like the sweat on Rick Nash's brow when he's scoring overtime goals. Oh, my. Checkmate. Checkmate. I keep checkmating. We haven't um, seen that in a long time, though. We have not. That was, that's a, yeah, this, this is taking a dark turn. Um Anyway, the Rangers can't live in the middle like that. Like, what's only worse so many... than a wet sandwich? That's my real question. Let me finish this thought. What is worse on this planet than, like, a sandwich where the, the bread's gotten wet with, like, juices or, like, humidity or whatever the hell? There's nothing worse. When food the is difference... wet and it's not supposed to be wet, it's a horror show. Yeah, that, but yeah, that's, that's soggy. Soggy that. is different. Soggy is different than wet. You're wet and soggy. I, 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 keep, I, I cannot believe food. how much I'm winning right now. It is amazing. Um, if I threw moist out there, would it just accept, upset everybody? No, I said moist last week. Moist food how is did, delicious. How did Mike handle that? Food, a, lot of food, a lot of food is supposed Cake is to be moist, moist Michael. But moist, my friend, dramatically different than wet. Well, he's, he's, I will only eat gravy that I make. Other gravy scares me. Ooh, gravy's another good one. That's all. What, Mike? We're just not eating gravy Again, either because it makes mashed potatoes. That's not a food. But it, but it makes mashed potatoes. You don't say, you know wet. what I'm going to eat today is the gravy. I'm going to have a gravy. I'm not going to, you don't eat a <laughs> but, bowl but if of you gravy. Put gravy. If you put gravy on turkey, then the it's turkey is wet. It's not. Joe. If, but if you put no, turkey on gravy, then the gravy is wet. Shit. Yes or no? Is the food. gravy wet? Is the gravy wet? Would a bounty quicker picker up or pick up the water of the gravy? Is gravy. If you put the gravy on the turkey, the answer is yes. 
It is yes. I used a big word that you don't know to make you feel less intelligent. What word, what word did you use? I didn't hear it while I was yelling at you. I used the word viscous. Oh, viscous, ew, viscous is bad, bad. So you're saying that gravy bad on turkey viscous. is viscous? Not a viscous gravy. I don't like viscous gravy. Viscous is the quality of being, having like liquidity and being runny and wet fluid. No, but viscous is sort of like almost solidifying, right? Like snot is viscous. Ugh, enough. Ugh. What were we talking about? I was saying the higher the viscosity, the more thick it is. Beth is right. Low viscosity means it's runny. So you tried to use a big word to win, and you didn't even use the word correctly. That is about right. Yes, sir. All right. I'm just making, <laughs> I'm just making sure we're on the same page on that one. Um, no, I could be eating tacos right now, you son of a bitch. You could be. If Beth not, wasn't around, you wouldn't have been able to call me on that because she's smarter than both of us. Well, it is what it is. Rick, she's there to defend Rick me. Nash has three goals in two games, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I know. Anyway, and I'm the- really happy about it. And Tim and Boots together are kind of awesome. I, I didn't see that very much. much. It's amazing when you put Buchnevich with skilled players, isn't it? Oh. It's fun. I'd rather have talked about food than do this whole thing again where it's just uh, God damn it. I, un- I totally understand. No, specifically the mismanagement of assets and why Vino refuses to play certain well, players in the roles that they find success in. This podcast wasn't even really going to be about AV. So don't bring up AV, and we won't talk about AV, Michael. You were the one who did the – you play Buchnevich with skill players. Well, yeah, I'm going to kill you with gravy. Who had an amazing assist I'm on the kill you in front of your wife and child with gravy. That's what I'm going to do. That's my new, <laughs> with my new purpose in life. At yeah. least I'll die deliciously because gravy makes everything better. God damn it. Yep, I win again. Checkmate. Anyway. Beth, you're supposed to help me because he's here. He's here fully. The East is a goddamn game. mess. I thought that's what we and were going to do. I got all excited. I told everyone. The, the East is a mess. I was like, oh, we're going to live pause the game. Eh. And the Rangers could eh. potentially talk themselves into the fact that they could take the East. That's the fear. And I, I would hope that Gordon is smart enough to realize that if he does try to do that, he's just going to be buying his way into more playoff losses. Tampa Bay is very good. Boston is pretty good. Washington is pretty good. Here's the reality, though. The Rangers aren't very good. So all these teams that you look at and you're like, oh, the Rangers could beat them. Yeah, but they could beat the Rangers, too, very easily. So you, you can't keep buying your way onto these scratch-off lottery tickets that you never win with. Um, the Rangers <laughs> have an asset in Michael Grabner, who has, I think, as many even-strength goals as anyone in the league over the past two years. You could get a first-round pick for him, maybe a first-round plus. Take it. If Rick Nash goes on a scoring binge up to the trade deadline, God willing, he does. And you can get a first round pick for him. Take it. If you could trade Ryan McDonough, and this is really the big thing that I wanted to talk about, despite the fact that Mike is seething, because um, I have a big story going out about it. But if you could trade Ryan McDonough for a Keith Yandel like return, I think you have to take it. And I don't think trading Grabner, Nash, and McDonough make the Rangers really any less playoff contender or not playoff contenders, Stanley cup contenders than they are right now. Cause they're not really Stanley cup contenders. And you take all the pressure away of having to win this year by getting youth infused into this lineup that can kind of grow. The only thing that makes it uncomfortable is the Hank Henrik Lundqvist factor. Dies. 
Well, right. So that yeah. was that was going to be what I was going to ask you, and uh, Mike, since you yeah, but you're interrupted talking too me. long and you're mean, you're a bully. Do you think that? Do you think the Rangers kind of have to abandon Hank here? And I kind of feel like they do, as weird as that is to say. I don't want to talk about it. Because <laughs> what an amazing podcast answer. I'm just watching the Rangers. Now, like, that's what I'm gonna do. I think the Rangers could work their way into contention. It looks like Smith and Shattenkirk are playing together. That's cool. I, I think the Rangers could work their way into contention the next year or two if they do this rebuild right. Um, and I think they're going to be in the exact same place if they if they don't do anything or if they do it wrong. Um, Beth, why don't well, you answer that question? Here's my nope, problem. I so, my so can I? Oh, go you. ahead, Mike. No, I don't want to say Mike. anything. I want to watch the game. You say what you say. Okay. So I'm going to do Beth trading for dummies. A slightly can I? Stern voice. Yeah. yeah, do trading for Me? dummies. That's what I want to hear. Okay, so trading yeah. for dummies is saying that, okay, Grabner, Nash, and McDonough can be valuable pieces for somebody else's playoff run. So that was would be why we'd get rid of them now instead of over the summer. Right? Yeah. Don't M- laugh McDonough at me. Has, Mc, no, McDonough, it's a really good question because a lot of people, I think, will ask why you would want to move McDonough this year than the summer. Um, McDonough mm-hmm. has That's the most really trade good value. Question. He is the most trade value is somebody who could give a, a team two years of playoffs under their belt with him um, mm-hmm. at the 4.7 million cap hit and one full year. If you trade him this year, you get this year's playoff run and then all of next year. Um, if you trade him over the summer, you'll obviously only get one year. Grabner and Nash, mm-hmm. I mean, they're unrestricted free agents next year. So they have to, you're not bringing, or if, even if you are bringing them back, this is the only chance to actually to get value for them. And you could do an under and the table deal. And Yeah. Well, do you think Darren is value though? I mean, I like Holden is value. that's actually Mike. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. I Holden, think Holden. Do you has, think Holden is value? Yes. But why? Because AV plays him on the Nick top Holden line. Value. I think that what doesn't do think? hurt, but I also think, people look at him as a two-way defenseman who has offensive upside, who can play both sides. You, you don't trade to get a first-pair defenseman when you make a cup run on deadline day. It's very rare we see that. Even a team like the Capitals, who traded to get Shattenkirk, didn't put him in that first-pair defenseman kind of role. You trade to be like, you know what, we want our second pair to be as good as other teams' first pairs, and or you say our third pair is going to be as good as the second pair. And I think Holden will fit into a, that kind of niche for a lot of teams. Hmm. And Can you I know ask what? my other niche dumb question? On the, you may. No questions are dumb. <laughs> no, they really are sometimes. Like, this is really practically an Emperor's New Clothes question, which is, yes, Grabner scoring tons of goals. Um, who's, who's left that scores tons of goals? Or the Rangers? Like, would that be giving up that on the completely? Team? Yeah. Like, they haven't been scoring that many goals. Um, Grabner scores lots of goals. Grabner goes away. Is it just accepting that there's no, going to be nobody who's producing like well, that? Well, this year, this year I think pretty much. Deciding yeah, not I think to make the answer is yes. It's yeah, a mulligan okay. this year. If you're going down that road, you're, you're going down the yeah. road where the Rangers might not We're even not make the playoffs, goals. which, again, yeah. if you're doing that idea, it's not the worst thing in the world. 
I know a lot of people hear that and they get frustrated, but the consequences of, of being in the middle is just so just destructive to this team's future. And every year that you don't sell off, like I would have sold Grabner last year and I'm dead wrong that he couldn't reproduce this type of a, this type of a season. And he has, so it increases his trade value even more. Grabner wants four Uh years plus he probably wants four or $5 million a year and he's going to get it. The Rangers can't really afford to be on the wrong end of that type of a contract. Grabner's turning 30 or he is 30. Um, If you want to have an under the table deal with Rick Nash, where he comes back for two years at a, a reduced contract, that's fine. You can have that conversation and then trade him off. To answer your question, Grabner leads the team with 20 goals. Zabanajad is right behind him with 14, but he's played in nine less games. Um, Buchnevich uh-huh. has 11. Nash now has 12. Kreider has 11. Hayes has 10. Ah, and Miller, Miller, VZ, and Zuccarello. Or, I'm sorry. Miller and VZ have nine. What are you heating up? Sorry, that's no. I wasn't making dinner. But I, thought, I thought Mike was heating up the taco. <laughs> I was going to laugh. <laughs> Uh, and then Zuccarello is eight. I mean, there's not a ton of goal scoring here anyway. Uh, I mean, Grabner's on pace for 40 goals. Zavanajad's on pace for 30, theoretically. Buchnevich, Kreider's not coming back, but he was on pace. They're, these guys are on pace for 20 goals. But the Rangers don't have that elite-level score. And despite Grabner's run, I still wouldn't consider him an elite-level scorer just because of the way he gets his goals. Um, but, I mean... Yeah, I just I, – the Rangers sort of – if they lay up, and we were talking about this in the chat before, if you could give me a, a William Nylander and a first-round pick for McDonough, I make that move because you make the team younger and you yeah. get high-end talent into the lineup. And you need to eventually start doing that. The Rangers need to find teams like Toronto that need to start trading futures for the now. And McDonough turns mm-hmm. almost any playoff contender into a Stanley Cup contender. And teams have to pay for that. The Rangers traded yeah. their no-question first best prospect, a first and a second round pick, and John Moore, who at the time was a serviceable 22-year-old defenseman who just played in every single game leading up to the Rangers' Stanley Cup run for Keith Yandel. If the Rangers can get that type of a, a return for McDonough, as much as you may emotionally be uncomfortable with trading him, you really don't have a choice because you need that talent infusion. Now, the difference from the example yeah. I gave in that is a guy like Nylander or Mitch Marner, who we were talking about, are far more established than John Moore or Anthony Duclair were. But if you can get them in a first-round pick or one of them in a first-round pick, I don't see any way you can say no. Mike, could you say no to that? Can I say no Mike? to McDonough for Nylander or Marner? Nylander in a first, say, or even Nylander in a second. Uh, I don't think so. I, I know that there's there's a lot of factors at play there. The first being that you'd have to, after the season, Nylander's an RFA. So more or less you have to just, he is 21 though. So there's a little bit of, you know, there's a little bit of leeway with negotiation with him. But that would be, you'd have Nylander, Hayes and Miller all to re-sign. And while that's not a huge problem, if you're just thinking, all right, we're rebuilding, it is still a headache. And you have to understand, like, all right, you know, we're not getting a guy who has 
the contract already like already set in Nylander. It's a guy you have to negotiate with. Um, Marner has another year after this season, I think, on his entry level. This is the last season of Nylanders. But I love William Nylander. Um, his dad was one of my favorite like brief brief tenure Rangers that I've ever seen play. I would like very much for him to be a Ranger, and the price of McDonough feels like something I'd be willing to do. With that being said, I'd be a lot more comfortable if in, let's say, in the Grabner trade or Nash trade, as hypothetical as they may be, there was a trade where we got a defense, defensive prospect back because mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of the non-symmetrical uh, trade where it's, we're giving you our top pairing defenseman who's you know, at the prime of his career now for this young up-and-coming forward because the Rangers, you know, D'Angelo, I think we can safely say, is either a bust or a nightmare waiting to be a bust. And then after him, it's, you know, there's Ryan Graves, who I think is a guy who can make it to the NHL, but you don't want to throw him to the wolves and like, all right, you have Shattenkirk. Uh, we have no Brandon one we're Smith really excited the about the way. Yeah. But yeah. what what is throwing them to yeah. the wolves matter if you're if you're laying up this year anyway? So I, I definitely I see the logic that you're no, coming I'm talking with. Long term. Of, I'm talking long term after the season. Uh, but what like, if you, unless the Rangers are getting Rothmas Dalene, it do, it doesn't quite matter. Like if you trade these guys this season, I don't care who you have in the lineup because you might as well just tank, frankly, if you're not gonna make the playoffs. And the Rangers go into this draft having all their picks but the seventh-round pick. And we also know that Toronto, in the upcoming draft, has their own first-rounder and then two second-rounders. They have their own in San Jose's. So they have – that might make them feel more comfortable with either trading their first or trading a second because, hey, they have two anyway, you know. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of things there that fit to me. The problem I have is like, yeah, William Nylander. He's freaking 21 years old. He's great. He's already proven he can play in a top six role, even though Mike Babcock has kind of, you know, jerked him around the lineup a little bit, a lot like Pavel Buchnevich, but Swedish and maybe more handsome. No offense to Buch. But <laughs> the, the big issue I have is, all right, no McDonough. So not just this year, Joe, in the next two or three years, who the hell is there in terms of defense? Like there's Pionk, who's promising Sean Day, but – are they ready next season or the season after that? But let me let me flip this switch on you. Let me let me add some queso to this to make it wet and delicious. If <laughs> if you're Jeff Gordon and you know you're trading oh, like, Ryan McDonough, say you trade McDonough oh, for Nylander and a first round pick. Now you have two first round picks and you have Nylander. You're going to trade Grabner and you're going to trade Nash. Assume that you're trading the two of them for futures. Okay, we're talking picks and prospects. If you're going down this road, and I know that this is now, now we're at like, oh my God, you're taking everybody away. You've just moved McDonough to an offensively inclined team that needs help on defense. What if you trade Zuccarello to a defensive team that needs offense and you get a younger defenseman who can not be McDonough, but potentially be McDonough or slot in in the top four and Shea Shattenkirk Smith and this mystery defenseman, it's not a great top four, but it's not as bad as Girardi, Stahl, McDonough, and God knows who. 
Because if you're going to go down the road of trading McDonough, Gordon can actually plan this out. I feel like there was a step after the step on trade that either was missed or things didn't happen the way that the team thought they were going to. Yeah. So if you're moving McDonough, if you're moving McDonough, you can you can get what you want for him. Get the high-end return. Get the Nylander in the first because you're not going to get those players with anyone else. Zuccarello will get you close, but he's not going to get you that. Trade Zuccarello for the defenseman. Move – the Rangers could theoretically trade McDonough, Nash, Grabner, and Zuccarello for first-round picks, all of them. McDonough, you think, is good enough to have a first-round pick included in the package, as we've discussed. Grabner, I think you're you're really only Grabner getting a first round be. pick for, for yeah. Nash. I, I think you'll only get thing. a first rounder and maybe a French prospect for Grabner. But yeah, just, I, like I don't you think said, he's, he's up to twenty goals now. Who doesn't give a first round pick for that at the deadline? And it's the yeah. speed and the defense. It's it's everything. But Zuccarello, yeah. you could ask for a little more. It may not be a McDonough package, but it's a McDonough light. There are a lot of teams that can use a Matt Zuccarello, and if you can get that kind, that kind of a defensive prospect in a second ready. round pick. Yeah, me I mean, either. I get it. There's ready. an emotional tie there, but you, the Rangers could plan no. this out. They could go from you, you know where they are now to that young, fun team that is a playoff contender next year, and slowly, not even slowly, maybe quickly build that core into an actual Stanley Cup contender. Because if the Rangers so, go down this road, my real question for you is: Do you trust <laughs> the current front office and the current coach to pull off this this scheme of yours, this plan? I, or am I going to kill you trade, with gravy? If, if the Rangers trade McDonough and they signal this rebuild, you cannot have Vigneault behind the bench under any circumstances. If you want to let him You're finish hitting a lot year, of conditions, Joseph. Yeah, if that's you a lot let of him conditions finish, to the scheme of yours. If, but if Gordon's going down that road, he's going down that road regardless. If in his head Gordon is trading McDonough by the trade deadline, everything is already in motion. You're trading McDonough, you're trading Grabner, you're trading Nash, you're looking for partners on, McDon- on Zuccarello, and you're firing Vigneault at the end of the year. Bring in a new idea. Do I trust Jeff Gordon? I don't know. There are a lot of things that Gordon's done that are amazing, the Broussard trade being one wow. of them. There are a lot of things Gordon, done, Gordon has done that have been atrocious, the step-on trade being the biggest one. So it is a coin flip, but it's better than doing nothing. Beth, coin flip. Your face is a coin flip. Joe just said your name suddenly like you're supposed to have an opinion on his rant. Yeah, I I wanted her to have an opinion on what we were talking about. In front of the net. No, but I did hear what you were talking about. Um, I don't (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, Mike's question is also my question. We got to put the Hank category back in there. Um thing I was thinking as you were talking, which is Nash must know that like every single thing he does right now is raising or lowering his stocks. And since he's made pretty clear, he wants to stay a Ranger deciding to score three goals right now is either the best thing or the worst thing he could have done. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. He's punching his own ticket at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's Uh, it's all so weird. I wish this was. Are there normal teams or are all teams weird? I'm sure if you dig into it, all, all, times, teams all teams are weird. Well, Joe, I have a good question for you, I think. I'll accept this question. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I appreciate that. 
So Gorton took over as GM on July 1st, 2015. And of course, we all know that Glenn Sather's still there uh, with like husky cigar smoked whispers into his ear, you know, just telling him what to do. But since he's been there, we've seen Emerson Edom for Nicholas Jensen and a six round pick. So we all know what happened with Jensen. AHL never made it to the big club and he bolted this past offseason. And of course, Edom was the return on the Haglin trade. And then you have the Eric Stahl trade disaster. You have the Keith Yandel trade. You have Nick Holden for a fourth-round pick, which I can safely say, I think everyone can call that a win for the Rangers, regardless of what you think of Holden. You got an NHL defenseman for a fourth-round pick. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. Zabinijad in a second for Broussard in a seventh. That was a win. McElrath for Camper in a seventh-round pick. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ignore that trade because it's all wow. just bad. Catnachy uh, for Matt Bodie AHL level trade doesn't matter. The Brendan Smith trade a third and a second round pick for Smith. Another AHL trade the Stepan trade, and then we saw the Rangers trade Pumple for Sproul, and then the Rangers acquired Peter Holland for Adam Cracknell, and I listed all the Gorton trades for this point. Only a couple of them have to do with the deadline. And the ones that had to do with the deadline were not necessarily good. Uh, yeah. I, I do have, like, the, the Eric Stahl trade, no matter how you cut it, was a disaster. Um, and clearly, the Brendan Smith one, which obviously was the most recent, you can look at it as, on paper, it was good. You know, analytics folks liked it. And I, I'm kind of curious why kind of, people who don't like analytics dislike Brendan Smith against the Penguins that game. He destroyed Jamie Alexiak. I'm sorry. He destroyed Ryan Reeves with that hit after Reeves killed Mark Stahl. And then he fought the six foot seven guy. I, I, I thought Smith was one of those guys who would check off boxes for everyone, but apparently not. Um, but you have the Smith trade, which is Gort- That's Gorton's guy. We can, let's just say it's Gorton's guy. But Vino doesn't one, like one. him, doesn't know Ooh, how to Hank use him. Ooh, Hank just banged his head on the ice. Oh, on that's purpose. great. Thanks, Beth. Um, Sorry. So, yeah, my, my point here is, like, what have we seen from this general manager to make you think he's going to successfully execute this trade deadline? And I'm aware of the fact that, yes, he was an assistant GM in Boston, and there's more to the track record than what I'm just saying. But I do have, I think, what are legitimate concerns about, like, the execution and I think that's always going to be there so long as Sather and Vigneault are still in the positions they're in. Because I feel like, and I think we all do, that Sather still has too much influence on the team. Well, that was my point, was that Vigneault needs, you, Vigneault's not the coach for a team that's young and rebuilding. It's just not, it's not yeah, one of his, I agree. And, it, yeah. and it's certainly not, I mean, we've kind of proven now that Vigneault's yeah, you can't not bench everyone in New York. Um, but the the truth of the matter That'd be is funny. We, we don't know. I, I think I would like that. I would like to believe that the Haglund trade was Sather at the very least. Um, the Eric Stahl trade, yep. you, you would hope, was Sather in his ear making him make that move. But really, from then on, it kind of is a mixed bag. And for all the good that the like the Brassard trade is exactly what a team should try to do. 
You sell a guy a year too early. You get a guy who's six years younger and is putting up more points than Broussard ever will again. That's exactly what you want. And then the Derek Stepan trade is like a, a how-to manual for not to trade your number one center. How not to? It's January 18th. The Rangers have zero NHL assets for trading Stepan. That's inexcusable. I'm sorry. They should have done their homework on D'Angelo, or they should have gotten, like everybody says, oh, it was a trade for cap space. Go screw yourself. You are not trading. Your, hey. Nobody trades their number one center for cap space. It's not. And if Very he did, me, he should be fired. <laughs> He should be fired. You, you you trade your number one center for cap space. What are you a moron? General managers just sitting around hitting numbers Joke. on his phone until somebody picks up. I'm not dealing with that bull crap. Gordon did it because he thought the Angelo was going to slot him because he either did not have a conversation with Vigneault at all, or he hasn't watched Vigneault coach a game in the past two years. But I stand by my original point that I made a few I don't know, 10 minutes ago, I think there was a plan after Stepmom that didn't happen for one reason or another. Yeah, and that is, Beth and I agree. We both were like, that, yeah. yeah. Because that 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 got very much that trade got about. 75% done and then something went wrong. Right, exactly. Something yeah, exactly. Forced, they, yeah, they lost page down. four of the plan. Yeah. Um, Beth, what are, do you have res- – I mean, I, and by the way, Michael, to answer your question, you should be concerned about Gordon making this type of a trade and – executing this type of a deadline because we haven't really been proven. We haven't proven, we haven't gotten like his resume. There's not enough experience there to show me that, that he's capable of handling, handling this. And maybe he is. Maybe the step on trade was again, maybe there was a plan B that didn't go through and it's a lesson learned, but that's a tough goddamn lesson to learn. I'll, I'll tell you that Beth, your thoughts on the matter. No, I mean, basically staying the same. It's, I miss Derek Stepan. Um, the Broussard trade worked out, but I mean, so basically, what the this all comes down to is one trade that we approve of from end to end in the last year. Yeah, pretty much, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, when you lay out all the magnificent wheeling and dealing that could happen if they decided to tank. Um and go for trades and, and, and um, pick some prospects. Yeah, it seems like you're asking for a level of calculation that we have absolutely no evidence is there. Well, they do have a sophisticated stats package that we're not aware of as well. <laughs> yeah, those um, sophisticated it, stats They package. did use the word sophisticated, which in and of itself Although, is quite a sophisticated word. Although the difference is the the difference is win now or or win later, I guess. What you're talking about getting rid of Grabner, Nash, um, Zook, and and McDonough is 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 definitely deciding. Okay, fuck it. We're excuse me. We're winning later. So that would be well, a key difference. Damn it, but, I mean, first. it it is it is drastic, but you'd have to think you're not keeping fifty percent of them anyway. There is reason to believe the Rangers aren't going to be able to keep Grabner and Nash next year. So, I mean, there's no reason not to get assets for them one way or another. The Rangers, again, have played yeah. this. Oh, we're going to go for a game over and over again. Um, McDonough, yes. McDonough would definitely signal a, a, a change in direction from where this team has been in the past. And Zuccarello is the same thing. I don't know which one of those dominoes falls first. If either do, you may just get one or the other. Zuccarello can at least 
Zuccarello has enough left on his contract that you don't have to trade him at the deadline. You can trade him over the summer. And, and that's where I think the real plan is. If you move Grabner and Nash for futures, you move McDonough for the Nylander first round pick package, you can evaluate where the team is and move Zuccarello over the summer for whatever it is you need. And as Mike astutely brought up, you may need a defenseman because you're not getting anything back from McDonough. So, and then by then you'd have. Who was the writer who said this week? um, I don't think it was one of us. If it was one of us, I'm going to be embarrassed, Joe. It may have even been you that like New York just reputation wise and like team mentality wise, like doesn't know how to tank. Like it's just not something, and I I realize tank is an extreme term, um, but like you just Uncle can't, Bob wrote that just as a fr- okay. So that was Uncle Bob. Okay, so, so that it was, was like someone, and I kind of believe that him and Elliot Friedman both said they they don't know if they could see the Rangers going into a full sell while they're sitting in a playoff spot. But um, Friedman's report came out about a week after Gordon after Bob's did, and the Rangers lost a few games that they really shouldn't have after the bye week. And I just think you, as a general manager, it is your job to be, you need to be smart enough to know who you are. The Rangers need to know who they are. And right now they're not a great hockey team. They're an okay hockey team and okay. Hockey teams do not win the Stanley cup. And all these people who are like, Oh, you can't trade everybody. You have Henrik Lundqvist. He's going to, he could lead you to the Stanley cup. They're the same people who are going to bitch. No, and moan. No. At Henrik Lundqvist when the Rangers don't win the Stanley Cup. So your opinion does not mean anything to me. Thank you. Come again. Joe. Yes. I, I have a question for you. I have an answer. You tr- Topler. Would you trade Zuccarello to the Senators for Hoffman Plus? Am I also trading McDonough for Nylander Plus? He's very sure. sold on that, Mike. That's all he wants to do. Apparently. He wrote that uh, but one I, in his journal. I, <laughs> to Mike's point, I don't think you can trade both Zuccarello and McDonough for offense. I do think You're you need to get You're just saying that now because you want to sound smart again. Uh, it's possible. It was a good – you made a good point. Now I'm taking it for my own. You know what I thought of um, while, while you were talking, Joe, is that change what? in this organization happens at a viscous pace. That you is proud true. Of that? Proud of what that you did? That is true. I've been that sitting is a prize-winning use uh, of viscous. I'm not going to lie to you. For, Hoffman, uh, 10 minutes? 11 minutes? Hoffman to <laughs> me is, is just really Zuccarello. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not overly sold on I wouldn't trade. Uh, Zuccarello for Hoffman, I think, is a, a lateral move, if not a downgrade. Yeah. For the Rangers. So, so no, I don't. I don't think I would do that move, regardless of what you do with McDonough. But the difference, the difference here is Hoffman's two years younger, and he's under contract for five point one nine million for two years after this year. Yeah, but and again, I'm just throwing because it, it's gotten to this it, point where if you're selling, you might as well sell goddamn everything. Of course, I don't think you, the. Why are you taking a twenty-nine-year-old if you're selling? It's twenty eight year old. Well, why are you taking a twenty eight year old? Because it's the it's the issue of he, he has another year on the contract. And if you're shaking things up, you might as well shake things up. I just threw yeah, Hoffman out there because he's been a name attached to rumors. I don't it, think Zuccarello would ever go in like a lateral move like that. But I I'm, the point I was trying to make is 
we're trying to think of, you know, if, if you accept that these are the guys who will be traded, I don't like, I would love to think that the Rangers say we're getting picks and prospects. That's what we're doing. But I don't think that the, that's the way this front office operates. I don't think they'll say we're going to rebuild with youth. I think they're going to be tempted to make these moves like Hoffman. And like yeah. last week I brought up Pacioretty because I think this is kind of like the MO of this organization. They like, they don't want to say, you know what, we're rebuilding. I think the Zabinajad yeah, that's thing. that's what I'm saying. As, yeah, it was so exciting, the Zabinajad thing, because holy shit, he's so young, and he's a DJ, and he dyes his hair. But you know <laughs> what? We don't have a lot of other examples like that. In fact, time and again, we see them trade those DJ guys, the cool young hip guys with the fidget spinners and the, the light-up sneakers. Well, if your question is, is Hoffman somebody who Gordon would be interested in? My, my bet would be yes. Um, is Hoffman somebody that I would trade for in the current climate? And the answer is no, at least for me. I'm not a general manager. What do I know? But I just do don't see that. that. Uh, Neil, well, obviously, it, You know that much. Yeah, but and then <laughs> I don't – I just – it kind of depends on where – what the plan is because I, in my head – if the Rangers go full rebuild, and I don't, I think if you trade McDonough for a guy like Nylander, you, you could start the retool conversation because you are getting someone who can slot in right away. Then I would want to trade Zuccarello for a top four defenseman. And again, the, the ask of the return on that is not ridiculous. Um, and then theoretically, you're replacing Zuccarello's offense with Nylander's, and then you're replacing McDonough with this other guy, with this mystery top four defenseman, and that's a clear downgrade. But does, does Toronto have a young, and... a young D prospect that's really exciting? Other than like Timothy Lilligren, like well, yeah, Lilligren is they... the only guy. Is that how you say his name, Lilligren? I don't know. Well, I was going to take a wild L-I-L-J-E-G-R-E-N. guess if you didn't say anything. J E G R E N. I can't. I can't see Toronto moving Lilligren. him as well, unless it's a McDonough Zuccarello package. You, you think it's McDonough Zuccarello for Nylander first and Lilligren? Lilligren? Lilligram? We know who you're talking about. You, you think that'll you do something? I don't know. You're bringing, up an interesting, you're bringing up an interesting, like, netherworld here. Just a different but, dimension yeah, of, of it, potential trades. I, it just goes back to what I was saying before, is I'd rather than say if we're trading McDonough, is exciting because I love William Nylander. I even loved him after he tackled Hank and nearly killed him at the the World Championship. It was so cute. It was adorable, but I was like, oh, don't break him. He's so precious. But my point is, like, uh, and I I know I've already, like, rambled on about this, but it is important to think of what's there in the pipeline now that we feel confident confident about in terms of defensive prospects that are developing. And from what we've seen in Hartford this season, and obviously the Rangers have more than what's in Hartford, but in Hartford you have a team that can't keep pucks out of its net. That's been pretty crappy. That's and bad. a lot of that is, it, it's definitely, you know what, Beth? It is pretty bad. It's like, it's like mac and cheese I just needed to contribute. Too wet. No, I yeah. appreciate that. Um, runny. Yeah, like, See, I think the nothing... word you want is runny. Runny is bad. No, he means wet. Runny. He means wet, and that is why this is a vicious conversation for him. I don't It'll like to the him, wall. I have to. I have to. No, Beth, Beth's on my side. She may not know it yet, but she's there. She's on my side. I don't yeah. know. I, I, 
Yes, you like wet food, know. Beth, because you're a human who has taste buds. Give me you an like example of a wet food. Soup. Yeah, give. God damn it. I need an Other example. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, soup. I'm a big sauce guy. I agree with Mike that sauce isn't food, but when you put sauce on food, it becomes wet food. If you I, think like, delicious I like your pita, sauces, your stroganoffs, your, your, yeah, it, um, your sesame sauces. What about a sauces, gyro, your, Mike? Delicious gyro, gyro, however you want to say it. You got some gyro, falafel. You got some, you got falafel. some shredded lettuce. You put some tzatziki sauce on it. It's become wet and delicious. Salad with salad dressing. Yeah. Come on, come on. Salad is never wet. If salad is wet, you're doing it wrong. Salad is nice. Made of water. It's literally water. Everything is water then. You dingleberry, if we get into things that technical. But I'm not I'm sure just that's true. Be- Beth agrees with me. As uncomfortable I as it makes her, she agrees with me. I just went over to the Joe side. She's on the Joe I mean, side. Tomatoes, cucumbers, and lettuce are technically Oh, my God, pickles. Who water. doesn't I could be. I could be eating room temperature tacos right now. You bastard. <laughs> you could be. You bastard. Listen, you brought this upon yourself. I was that's willing a to fine let it old die, Irish insult. You you brought it back up, and now Beth has agreed with me, and, and now it's a sad, oh. sad ending for you on this podcast. I still don't know what Mike thinks of as a wet food, though. Apparently, Mike doesn't think anything think, is a wet okay. food. When I think of a wet food, I think of like a sandwich that's, that has that kind of, like, too much moisture has gotten into the bread. Or think of, you know when you bite into a hamburger, Beth? Like, last podcast, we said this. You're in a restaurant. You bite into a hamburger, and, like, the juice spills out and, like, runs down the heel of your palm all the way down to your elbow, and you feel like an animal. And Joe was like, no, that's that great. That can be wonderful. That's great when that happens. Thank you, Beth. Oh, oh my God, God Beth, I love you Beth. so much. I love you. I'm sorry, you so Mike. Much. I'm so sorry. But, yeah, more, medium rare more, burger. Yeah. My God, it's delicious. Juice me up right now. I'm juiced. Juice In me fact, up. I don't eat – I don't – my husband – I ate a – burger on the first date with my husband which was probably how I knew I was going to marry him because I would never eat a burger on a date because a burger is a disgusting experience and that's the way it should be I want all my juice and all my ketchup and it's going to go everywhere and I'm going to need 8,000 you know, napkins and that's just that's how I it's going to be I could kiss you right now I could kiss you because you're absolutely what correct makes, what makes me most sad is that you are the two who the worst possible example. I'm sorry. I love burgers so much. You two have created life. You have children, and you're gonna you're passing on these genes. And I've done nothing, and I refuse to have children. So I I, I understand that I've lost this battle, but I've lost other battles before. Well, you know, you can <laughs> spread your message on pamphlets. I mean, my and stuff. my contribution to human life was also wet. So as gross as that is, take that. For God's sake, Joe, it's a family podcast. I'm just saying, you brought it up. No, they're very wet when they come out. Yes, wetness created life, that's all. And the baby, she's wet, she's cold. I apologize. I thought this was a family podcast. Well, Beth said the F word before. I did say the F word, and I'm not even sure why. She blew it up. But yeah. Really, but the then there's the other thing. Can I tell you the other thing I'm realizing, gentlemen? What's that? You can't realize this. Is that I used to actually, and if Kreider and Hayes and everybody were okay in playing, the thing I said about the Rangers being able to beat anybody or lose to anybody, I, I, I realized I over the course of this, I don't believe it anymore. I used to believe it. Last year, I believed it. 
sometimes. I believed it last year. I believed it. I have a I have a good final podcast question for today that Beth just made me think of. Okay. Why are you um, such a son of a bitch? When I was talking, so assume the Rangers are rebuilding. They're trading Zuccarello. They're trading McDonough. They're trading Nash. They're cra- trading Grabner. Um, which side of the fence does Chris Kreider fall on as a 26-year-old? Is he you young enough the side to be of part the of the rebuild? And you can't trade him. Okay, fair. Assume he's healthy next year and over the summer. Okay. Do you is he young up. enough to be considered part of the retool, or is he old enough that you trade him? My, I'm the former. Well, I think he's young enough that you keep him around. You need guys like Kreider. He'll only be 27. He'll only be 27 they don't come next around season, very often. and and he's 4.625 in the cap. And next season he'll still have. He's. I should just say he signed through the next three seasons at a very reasonable cap hit for a guy who you're completely comfortable with as your top line left winger. Um, so I, I don't see any reason why when like you're trying to draw that line, like you're saying of, you know, these toys get to stay. The other ones we're giving to the Salvation Army. I, I think he's a toy you, you can afford to keep. And, when we're talking just in terms of ages, Zuccarello, who's going to be 31 next season, which feels weird, doesn't it? It feels very that, weird. He should be 26 at the most. Yeah. yeah. Well, don't forget, he wasn't good enough for Tortorella, so he, he had to go away and play in the HL. Damn it, uh, Neither was Kreider, uh, so they have something yeah. in common. Yeah. He was so right but about yeah, that. Yeah, Zuccarello, as much as, as much as I love Zuccarello, and Adam had a great piece that went up on Banner today about, because it really captures the way I feel, is I understand perfectly that trading Matt Zuccarello makes a lot of sense, just in terms of we're looking at we're looking at black and white, what's on paper, he'll be 31, he'll be a UFA after next season, it makes sense. But I think in many ways he means more to the locker room and to the team than Nash, Grabner, and dare I say McDonough. And I know that's somewhat controversial because obviously McDonough's the captain. I'm not sure it is, actually. Yeah, but but I think Zuccarello is a like he is that the kind of and I'm not a big intangibles guy, I'm really not, but he feels like the glue, not just to the locker room, but to the team in a lot of ways. You know, it's it's not just winning the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Awards. It's not just coming back after injury. No, he's his the injury. heart of the team, I think. Yeah, he's the beating heart of the team, and it would be a shame to to see him go. And it, in many ways, I feel like I think the reason I'm so hesitant to even t- enter the like this this forbidden valley of talking about trading him is because I'm not sure that I trust the organization, specifically the front office, to trade Zuccarello and to get something back that we can Oh, my God, live a with. bad return for Zuc would be, oh. Yeah. It would be I still remember very depressing. trading it Brian Leach and getting Yarko Eminen back and Yarko yeah, Eminen terrible... not amounting to anything. I, like, these things stick around. And Zuccarello is a guy, what more can he possibly have given to this team for a guy who's 30 years old? It's, you know, it's really after Hank in terms of blood, sweat, and tears. And I know everything that Mark You know what, I think he might even pull a little bit ahead of Hank, what with the losing part of the language center of his brain and everything. 
you know, not that's, as that's much a in fair years. Point. <laughs> Sacrificing a part of your your noodle is pretty uh, it's pretty significant. Hank has only lost parts of his heart and his soul. I mean, yeah. <laughs> those things can grow if the if the Grinch has taught us anything. If uh, Doctor Seuss, the heart row three times too big. Joe, I'm gonna kill you with gravy, and uh, I'm gonna do it slowly. Okay, well, and I'm just gonna keep you... saying, "Is this wet enough for you?" And I'm just gonna keep pouring. Joe, down I have a throat. question for you, though. Joe, I have a question. Yes. I know Mike and my answer to this question, but honestly, if you think about the character of the team, and again, we don't know what goes on in the room, whatever it is, I think you, I I just don't know quite where you came down on this. I mean, who represents it to you more, Zook or McDonough? Zuccarello. Because McDonough, Zuccarello is like fun. I feel like if I actually, I would want to be like low. Zuccarello enjoys every minute. He's in people's faces. He does something. It's not a non-McDonough, but McDonough is very reserved. He didn't even let that smell him at the event for Dunkin' Donuts. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 when I think of the New York Much Rangers, I think of Henrik Lundqvist. And after I think of Henrik Lundqvist, I think of Matt Zuccarello. So, and then third, I think of the fact that I obliterated Mike on the wet versus dry food on live podcast. Zuccarello is the is the ranger we've chosen to be the the face of our Facebook page, and I I think and I changed it from from Hank to Zuccarello. I think I think that that's what I did, and there wasn't a peep about you know why is it Zook now instead of Hank. I hear a baby. You do hear a baby. Oh, baby. A, person. a baby who needs to be taken care of. My wife is giving me the end the podcast right now eyes. Oh. <laughs> Does Cannon want to say anything? Ask her who we she's, should trade. She's saying I'm pretty right sure now. she's saying everything she thinks right now. Yeah, she's saying everything yeah. that she can. Well, I'll learn my lesson. Well, um, thank you all for, for joining us. I have to very quickly shout out. You know Patreon, who eats wet Patreon. food, Joe? Dogs. You, know, you know who eats wet food? And babies. babies. Uh, yeah, I saw that coming. Please donate to us. Anthony Viola, John J. Porter, John Reppy, Johnny Alo, Alex Gardner, Eric Cohn, Alexander Ricard, Andrew Chicagoff, Daniel DeGen, Matt Bader, George Lippman, Guy from Montana, George Andrew Gregos, Mike Fleeman, Dan Lynch, Mike Offit, Trevor Kempner, Gabrielle Vargas, Kempner Daniel Rosie, David L. Singer, Arch Williams, Bob Cowa, Scott Potash, Darwin Bushman, James Dangles, Alexander Thornton, Grumpy Smokey, Igor Zatlowski, Thomas Osa, Chris B, and Michael Silvers. They all have. Thank you all. all eat wet food, so they're better Thank than Mike. Thank you. All right, goodbye. I'm not sopping wet. Goodbye, everyone. Good Thank you for listening. Good